As I was praying about tonight's message and what I felt like the Lord was directing me uh, in, it was going in one direction, I thought. And then as I continued to pray and study, the Lord just kind of dovetailed and He kind of changed directions on it a little bit. But, um, you know, this year, one of the things that I've really felt stirred about, and I've uh, shared with you multiple times at this point, was really in the area of prayer and seeking the Lord. And we, of course, in January, you know, we had 21 days of prayer and fasting with the whole uh, focus, if you will, of seek and talking about prayer. And, uh, and so as I was praying, I really thought that the Lord was stirring me in that direction again, and He was, but in a little bit different light. And, uh, and so I'm going to start on teaching tonight uh, really about angels. And, uh, you know, and, and so I don't know how long we're going to be on this, but... Um, you know, the title of this message is Divine Assistance. And, uh, you know, and part of what, and part of the reason that I uh, believe that when, I, when the Lord first started kind of stirring some things up in my heart in this direction, I thought it was, you know, I don't, some of you understand this, some of you don't, but the Lord generally starts leading me in a direction. And uh, usually I can, you know, I mean, I've done this long enough now that I kind of usually kind of have an idea of where we might be heading and sometimes He'll change it in a particular way. Uh, you know, but, um, you know, Angels are, and we're going to look at some things here in the next few minutes, but the Bible talks a lot about angelic uh, activity. And I believe, you know, if you look at even the birth of Christ, that there was angelic activity was at a heightened state. And I believe as we get closer and closer um, to the return of Christ, that we're going to see that even elevated again in much the similar way. Now, you know, a lot of people get weird when it comes to angels. And this is my encouragement to you. Just take what the Bible says and stick with that. Don't get off in some goofy stuff and some, you know, I mean, uh, you know, because the Bible's clear and we'll look at some things. But And tonight I'm just going to kind of lay some uh, found, foundational things tonight uh, for us. And then we're going to look at uh, some of this moving forward. But I believe that it's important that we understand that we do have divine assistance. We have help that is from the Father for us. To help us live the way God wants us to live. That we're not left to ourselves, or our own devices um, to try to figure life out and to do things. Is that, uh, you know, and so we want to look at some verses and some scripture about this. And I just want to lay, like I said, I want to lay some foundation about this. Just some basic truth. Um, and I want, I've got a story that I want to share with you about this. But uh, in uh, Hebrews chapter 13, most, this is out of the Amplified Bible. But it says this. Uh, if I can get over there. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. It says, Let, uh, let love for your fellow believers continue, and do not de- uh, neglect to extend hospitality to strangers, especially among the family of believers, being friendly, cordial, and gracious, sharing the comforts of your home, and doing your part generously. For uh, by this, some have entertained angels without even knowing it, or without even realizing or perceiving what's going on. You know, and I believe that angels are around much more than we're aware. They are divinely appointed. I mean, you know, and the Bible talks, and we may get into some of this, we'll just kind of see, but that there are different types of angels. There's different uh, purposes for angels. We see them manifested in multiple different ways, and they have multiple different functions. Um, You know, we see it throughout Scripture uh, that there are some that are specifically, I mean, to think of it this way, they are military in nature. The Bible talks about that they fight or they war for God and for the kingdom of God. And Well, who are they warring against? Demonic powers, principalities and powers. You know, we see that in the book of Daniel where he says, Hey, Daniel, the first day you prayed, I was sent with your answer. But I've been warring with an angel for, for, you know, with demonic powers for 21 days. You know, and sometimes I think that we give a lot more um, maybe... uh, 
attention or focus or maybe even, um, oh, what's the right word? I guess maybe even credence to the demonic realm. And then, but somehow we diminish angelic power. And yet they were all created together. And here's the thing, you know, and we're probably going to look at this one week and get into this a little bit, is that, you know, and I understand people get freaked out and spooked up about demons and the demonic realm and, and those types of things, but here's the simple truth. There's more of angelic, good, godly angels than there are of fallen angels. The Bible only says a third of them fell, which means there's two-thirds still in heaven. So we've got to realize that for every one that's playing with the devil, we've got two on our side. So we really, you know, and so but when we understand this and we can see these things, I believe what happens is that many times that, that we have angelic power and ability happening around us and we're not even aware of it. I believe, and I'll show you why here in a few minutes, but I believe that even as we pray, that angels begin to work. That God hears our prayers and He dispatches. I mean, much like if, you know, if you had somebody, you know, trying to break into your house, you could pick up the phone and call 911, talk to the dispatcher, and they say, what is your emergency? Hey, I've got some crazy person trying to break in my house. How many of you realize the dispatcher doesn't jump up, run outside, go get in a car, and come to your house? What do they do? They say, okay, I'm going to send somebody to you to help you, right? Well, what happens is that's the way that the angelic armies of God work. Is that we pray, God acts as a dispatcher and says, okay, I've got somebody that I'm sending you with aid and support and maybe even the wisdom that you need to help you in a moment. I believe that when we get to heaven, I believe we will, that God will show us how much angels were a part of our life that we never knew. Even as it says here that many have entertained angels and never were aware of it. You know, some of you have heard me tell this story, but uh, some of you haven't, and it's just a a unique situation. But uh, my mother, when she was a a young girl, had polio. And uh, so, you know, how many of you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? You remember those shackles on his legs? My mom had that as a child. And uh, But at one point, when she was, I don't, I don't remember exactly how old she was, she was a very young teenager, an older child at the uh, at this point of her life, but they were riding down the interstate. Now, you know, this was a number of years ago, but they were probably going about 40 to 50 miles an hour. That's what my mom, I, you know, I called her one time. I was like, okay, I need details on this story. And, um, you know, but what happened was it was, a, you know, it was a number of years ago, and so they're rolling down the road and the door opens. Well, she falls out and rolls down the embankment on the side of the road. My grandmother slams on the brakes, gets out the car, goes down there and gets her, you know, and trying to get her. Well, all of a sudden, this man shows up in a black coat and a black hat. Just this man out of nowhere. And uh, so they get my mom, and the man actually carries my mom and puts her in the car. Of course, my grandmother's frantic, you know, understandably. And, uh, you know, so my grandmother gets in the car, the man gets in the driver's seat and drives the car to the hospital. They take them, you know, take my mom and get her looked at, all that kind of stuff. And my grandmother, who was back there with my mom, comes back out to the lady, the, the clerk at the front of the hospital and says, Hey, where's the man in the black coat? I need to tell him thank you for helping me. And the lady looks at her like she's crazy and goes, Ma'am, there was nobody that came in here with you. There was nobody with you. Like there wasn't anybody in the car with you. And she's like, I didn't drive here. Like there was a man in a black coat who helped me. Get my daughter from the ditch into the car who helped me get the car to here. And he was with me. And they adamantly, man, there was nobody with you. Wow. Well, how do you explain that? I mean, you know, there are no natural explanation to that. And yet, it still happened. Yeah. 
You know, and even in that moment, you know, and even, you know, it's been a long time now, you know, even before my grandmother had passed away, her and my mom would talk about that. And they, absolutely, that that was an angel that came in their moment of need. Now, they weren't aware of who it was. This man just appeared out of nowhere. I mean, they were in the middle of, you know, somewhere down in Shreveport, Bossier area. I don't exactly know where. But this man had appeared to help. Why? Because they needed help. You know, even in that moment. And so not, you know, I don't believe that angels are always strictly sent by God to help. But the Bible even talks about a a certain role or a certain class, if you want to call it that, of angels that are guardian angels. They're ones who watch over to protect and to keep us in all of our ways, the Bible says. We'll look at that verse here in a little while. But it says here that we can actually entertain angels. Now, here's some basic truths. We don't worship angels. We don't exalt angels. I mean, the Bible says, you know, it's very clear about that. They are simply uh, messengers sent for what? To help us. And we'll look at some verses here in just a few minutes about this. But Psalms 34, Psalms 34, verse um, 4. We'll start reading in verse 4. It says, I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. And He freed me from all of my fears. It says, Those who look to Him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. He says, In my desperation I prayed and I listened to the Lord. And the Lord listened. You know, there's nothing wrong with praying a desperate prayer sometimes. You don't want to live in desperation, but sometimes you find yourself in that place. He says, In my desperation I prayed, and the Lord answered, and He saved me from all of my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard, and He surrounds me and defends all who fear Him or who fear the Lord. And he goes on in verse 8, and he says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. And he says, Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Even in these verses, we see where God is saying, Look, I will provide for you. But even in that, I have given angels authority and charge in your life. Why? Because they are to guard you. They are to surround you. They are to defend you. You have divine assistance. We have uh, support of heaven. That's even, you know, even beyond just the work of the Holy Spirit that happens on the inside of us, beyond just Jesus being our Savior. We have angelic support as well that comes through, you, you can call them whatever you want. I mean, you know, some people, it's not a person, it's not really an it, it is a being. You know, and if you think about it, how many times that the Bible even references, you know, even think about like Psalms 91. It talks about many times and it gives us the the visual picture of wings, like God having wings. You know, those who abide under the shadow of the Almighty, you know, talks about you will mount up on wings as eagles. You know, I mean, there's just lots of reference. Well, I mean, the pictures that we see of angels are what? They have wings. You know, and so even in that, I mean, you you think about that and, and, you know, and I'm a pretty logical person. It says if I would find rest or find security under the shadow of the wings of God. Well, I believe that many times that's not physically necessarily or even not a physical sense. But a, um, a spiritual reality is this, is that even when we're going through storms, I believe that that angels will come and surround us to keep us and protect us. They will keep us. Why? Because that's one of their functions. Now, it doesn't have to be weird, it doesn't have to be mystical, but it is powerful. 
And it is, there is a reality to this for us as believers. And we can see this here. And, and so, you know, and, and so I know there's lots of questions many times when you start talking about angels and demons and that kind of stuff. A lot of people, um, you know, just take it a little too far beyond what scripture will support. Um, you know, but, over in Psalms 103, I want to give you some, just like I said, I'm just going to lay some groundwork tonight about this, and we'll kind of dig in in the next couple of weeks probably about this. But Psalms 103, verse 20 says this, it says, Praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who carry out His plans, and you're listening for each of His commands. Other translations say that they hearken unto the voice of the Lord. You know, and that word hearken, you know, and I've shared this multiple times, but yet I believe it helps us understand what that means. Is that, you know, I used to run track, and so you'd get in the, in the starting blocks. You know, you got those little things, you get down, you kneel. And you're, what are you waiting for? A command to go. And if you went a little too early, they'd, you know, buzz you and say, no, you got to restart. But that's actually the picture of what that word hearken means. Like a sprinter who's in the, in the blocks waiting for the gun to go off. Is that it actually says that the angels that are uh, godly angels are actually waiting for what? The command of the Lord. They're waiting for the word of the Lord to be given. Why? Because they are ready to carry out the promises of God for us. I'll show you this here in a few moments. But it it says that that, that they're mighty ones. I think that's interesting. They're not feeble. They're mighty. I mean, you know, you can go, and, and I think it's interesting sometimes, and, and we may talk about some of them, may give you some of these specific ones, but I've read accounts where men in war, like you go read in World War One, World War Two, even in current uh, combative areas, where, you know, God all of a sudden steps in, and there's actually accounts, there's a very vivid account, where the Germans were fighting against the British in World War One, and the British were losing miserably. And then all of a sudden they said that everything shifted in a moment and a man showed up riding a white horse with men that were carrying bows and arrows and began to push the Germans back. And, you know, and even if you go study history, I mean, I like history and so I like those kinds of stories, those types of things. That even in in British history today, they say that it was a supernatural assistance from God. And and they have people's diaries that have written about this account, and it was from World War One, and they talked about how it happened. And even they have Brit, uh, I mean, even they have German accounts of it, where they're saying something in a moment changed, and a man showed up on a white horse, and everything changed. Now I don't know who the man on the white horse was. I'm not saying it was Jesus. I know Revelation talks about you know he'll be on the white. I'm not saying it was Jesus. But something changed in a moment. And, and, you know, and there's so many times that I believe that we're not even aware that angels are actually on our defense and helping us and supporting us. And, you know, and you can read accounts of me. You can take, you know, I mean, there's accounts of policemen and firemen and military and, and all these people who see God work supernaturally. Why? Because somebody was praying for them. That's why it's important that we pray for those who serve at any level. Why? Because, I mean, they're going places I don't want to go. So if I don't want to go there, maybe I should pray for them who are. I don't want to, you know, there's areas of this world that I would prefer to not be in. And yet, they're going there, and we ought to pray for their divine protection. Even as they're going about, uh, really, their duties and the things that they're called to do. Why? Because when we pray, angels will move. Angels will work. Angels will protect. And so we ought to do that. And it says here that, that angels are mighty ones who carry out God's plans, listening for His command. Verse 21 says, Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve Him and do His will. Now, an angel's primary function is not to be our butler. They're not to stand around and to do our bidding. 
Their number one function is actually of the worship and the honor of God. But part of one of their roles is to help us. And so it says that they are to serve God and they're to do His will. In verse 22 it says, Praise the Lord, everything that He has created and everything in His kingdom. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And so even, you know, I believe that even in our times of worship, that when we actually begin to exalt the name of God, I believe sometimes we even have angels in our midst and don't even know it. Aren't even aware. You know, and I've been in services before. Where, you know, and, and I didn't see them, but other people have said, man, I saw some angels here tonight. But here's the thing. You knew something was different. You didn't know what, but you're like, something changed. And, and even the presence of angels. I mean, the Bible talks about that they would bring healing and they would bring, uh, you know, information. They'd bring wisdom from God. It doesn't just, you know, I, I mean, any time that God works, it doesn't just happen. Somebody brings it. I mean, it's no different than me right now. If I wasn't here preaching, you would have no one to listen to. Right? Well, the same is true. I believe that any time that healing comes, angels are present. They're bringing that healing uh, anointing with them to heal in that moment. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm aware of it. I'm, I'm, you know, and I've had, you know, instances and, you know, because I, I can't say definitively like that I saw something. But I've had instances where I've had times, like even just during worship, I'm just worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, it's like I can feel a hand or something on my shoulder. Like, I mean, I've looked like, is somebody there? I mean, I've had an instance of several times where where it felt like somebody put their hand on my chest. And I'd open my eyes and look. And I've had instances where, I mean, just, you know, I mean, I'm just going to use the best words I know how to describe it. Like something warm was just sat right on my chest. And many times, it, you know, and I can't put into exactly like words what this, well, this, this, and this is what happened. But I know the effects that happened after. That I can see where things had changed in my life. Well, you know, was that an angel? I can, I can assume maybe. I, I can't say definitively. I mean, it's not like he was standing there with a platter in front of me saying, here's your gift from the Lord. I mean, I don't have that. But yet, I do know that something happened and something changed in me. Well, where did that come from? You know, I mean, I have a, when I was a teenager, I was walking through what we call some bottoms. I don't know what y'all call them here, but they're like boggy, you know, where they're like six inches deep, eight inches deep of water. And I was walking through them with a friend of mine. And all of a sudden, you know, we're just, I mean, I don't know, we were 12, 13, something like that, just kids. And just walking around, making noise, doing it. And all of a sudden, he says, David, don't move. And I was like, why? And he said, there's a snake like two inches from your leg. And I'm like, and he's like, don't freak out. And I'm like, then don't tell me there's a snake at my leg. Like, <laughs> like all, I mean, because I don't like snakes. Like, you know, good snake, bad snake, dead snake. Okay. That's, that's, that's how I process information. I will ask questions after the slaughter. But until then, we ain't talking. You know, and I'm just a kid. It's the closest I've ever, well, not now, but it was the closest I'd ever been to a snake at that point. Not only was there a snake at my leg, he was coiled up out of the water with his mouth wide open like he went to strike. Wow. Right there. My right leg. I looked down and was like, <gasps> <laughs> it's a miracle I didn't run away. And, uh, but, I mean, it was like frozen, mouth wide open. Cotton mouth. I'll never forget it. White mouth. Just, <laughs> but it was, I mean, no more than two or three inches from my calf. 
Now, here's the strange thing. We walked away because he was like, you know, just step away slowly. And I kind of went to walk away. I walked at least somewhere between 50 and 100 feet. I'll say this way. I walked as far as I could until I couldn't see where the snake was and he was frozen. How do you explain that? I mean, this is how I explain it. I had to pray in mama. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's my explanation. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, I'm not making this. I'm dead serious. For as far as we could walk away, we kept, me and my buddy kept looking back. And we're like, man, that thing hadn't moved. Well, that's not natural. That's not normal. I believe that was an angel who was protecting me, just as the Bible says. And the same is true for you. I mean, I, you know, I can remember uh, one time I was sharing the story with somebody here not too long ago. Uh, when we were youth pastors in Kansas, we were traveling uh, one summer with our teenagers. And we were kind of going all over. And uh, we were actually driving through Missouri coming back to Kansas. And I was driving a 15-passenger van that had like 10, 12 people in it. And uh, then we had a trailer behind it. So, you know, 15-passenger van is not a great thing anyways as far as safety. And then you put a pretty good-sized trailer loaded down with a lot of weight in it because we were carrying sound systems and lighting and luggage and just all kinds of stuff. And uh, we came to a pretty hard rainstorm. Uh, You know, it was just one of those kind of flash, like, you know, just downpour for like 10 minutes, and then just it was sunny again, one of those kind of deals. Well, we're just cruising along, you know, going 50, 55 miles an hour, and I'm pulling this trailer and got a van full of teenagers. And I came up over this hill, and right as I came over the top of the hill, I saw where there was just a big puddle. The road had a dip. You know what I'm talking about? Like, not like a little puddle. I mean, like, the road's covered in water, probably 8, 10 feet across the road. And it was one of those moments where I'm just like, and I don't remember exactly what I said. I think I said, oh, Jesus. And I think I said, hold on. And, you know, it's amazing how things like slow down in that moment. And in that moment, all I could see was that van rolling in the side of the road. I mean, because, you know, they're just not safe. And I wasn't doing anything. I was going to speed. I was doing all those types of things. And I just remember I just grabbed the wheel. And I just said, oh, Jesus. And, you know, and I got off the gas, I didn't hit the brake, I did all the, you know, the things I knew to do in my mind. And, of course, you know, you don't think anything, you just react. And, thankfully, I at least knew the right things to do. And we hit that water dead on. Now, Derek was actually in a car behind us. So I was in a 15-passenger van with about a 10-foot trailer, so it's about another, whatever. The water cleared the trailer. That's how I mean, because we just plowed right into it. And, uh, you know, and, and so I hadn't taken a breath since I said, oh, Jesus. And, uh, you know, which had been a few moments. And, um, but as soon as we got through the water, I look and the van stayed dead straight. But that trailer was bouncing like three feet on either side of the van. Just boom, boom. And, I, and all I can think is we're going here. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> like, that's all I'm thinking in my mind. Because, you know, I mean, talk about a helpless feeling. And it was amazing. All of a sudden, that trailer just goes and just lined right up behind that van. And we just kept rolling. Now, I know enough naturally. I mean, I've pulled a lot of trailers. I've had a lot of, you know, a lot of experience in that. There's no natural way that that trailer should have stopped doing what it was doing. Just by the laws of momentum, it should have gotten worse, not better. Well, how do you explain those kinds of moments? It's, it's the work of angels. 
I mean, there are some things, and I believe, and those are just a few instances that I, that I fully believe in my, in my heart that God had sent angels to protect us and to protect me in that moment and those that were with us. You know, well, how many more do I not know about? How many times has God protected me and kept me and, 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 you know, and me not even being aware in those moments? And how much has that happened for you? Where God has sent you aid and support and you're not even aware or even realizing that, hey, you had an angel and didn't even know it. See, I believe that uh, angelic activity happens much more than we realize. Whether it be in church, whether it be in our normal day-to-day lives, whether it be in family, whether it be in situations and circumstances. I believe that one of the greatest things, I, I mean, it's just in my mind, of course, I'm analytical, so I think about these things. I can't wait till God says, let me pull back the curtain from your life and let me show you what really went on. Because I, I believe we'll just be blown away. Like I had no clue what all you were doing. I had no idea how much you had worked for me and, and saved and protected and things that you had brought about. Things that, that angels brought provision that I never even knew I had a need. Amen. I'm like, I had a need then? I had no idea. And it's because... There was the help of angels that brought the answer, that brought the provision, that brought the healing, that brought the strength that I needed in those moments. And I had no idea. I just thought it was chance. No, I believe that angels were at work. Over in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 7, it says this. uh, And it says, regarding the angels, God says, He sends His angels like the wind and His servants like the flames of fire. I like that description. He sends his angels like the wind. I mean, you know, you think about it like, you know, when the wind blows, well, where does it come from? I don't know. I just know that it came. I mean, now, you know, well, it comes from the west. Yeah, I understand that. But we don't, there's really no start, no beginning to it. It just, the wind comes. And, well, he says regarding his angels that he'll send them just like the wind. says that his servants would even be like the flames of fire. In verse 14 of the same verse. Now this chapter is really contrasting Christ to angels. Because there was some debate you know, that angels were greater. And he's establishing the fact that hey, the, the angels are lower than, the angel, or, or lower than Christ. That he's the son of God. But yet here in verse 14 he says, Therefore angels are only servants. Spirits, so they are spirits. It says spirits sent to care for those who would inherit Salvation. Other translations say it this way, is that, that they are sent to be ministers to the heirs of salvation. Angels' assignment, one of their assignments is this, is to bring us the fruit of our salvation. To bring us, let me say it this way, is that one of their roles is to bring us the substance or the reality of salvation. In other words, like when we don't have peace and pre- peace comes, how did it come? When we need healing, how did healing come? It comes because what the angels came to minister to us the fruit and the substance of our salvation. That's one of their roles, one of their functions for us. And so when we know this and we understand this, it actually, you know, I mean, that's why we pray. I mean, you know, like before I get on a plane, I pray. Before I get, you know, especially I don't do it just driving around town. But when I go on a trip, I just, Lord, I thank you that your angels protect us, that they're around us. I mean, that day I was telling you about the van. We prayed every time we got in that van. Why? Because, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a confident driver, but, you know, it's not the greatest vehicle, much less sticking a trailer behind it. You know, but we prayed and asked the Lord, hey, we need some help. They're going to keep us. They're going to protect us. Well, I didn't know when I prayed how much that prayer was necessary. 
But it's the first thing that came to mind when that trailer got straight. I was like, Lord, thank you. You know, in that moment, and I believe that even for us, that that's important that we recognize. And we ask the Lord, Lord, I thank you that, that I have angelic support. I have divine assistance today. In those moments when we're overwhelmed. I mean, yes, we have the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We know that from Scripture. But God didn't just stop there. He says, hey, I'm going to do even more. Not only am I going to live in you and put my power in you, I'm still going to send you an aid and a support from heaven that has been assigned to help you. And that's part of their function. It's part of their role is to protect and to watch over you. I mean, you know, if you're doing something dangerous, you ought to pray. Some of us keep our angels busy. When I get to heaven, I'm going to see if i got a skinny angel chasing me around all over the place. I want to know. You know, but at the same time, you have to realize, too, that angels don't look like Cupid. They're not babies sitting on clouds. I mean, quite honestly, if you look at every time an angel shows up, what's generally the first thing they say? Fear not. So they are intimidating to see. I've never seen an angel. So I can't say definitively. But you go read throughout scripture. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. The Lord is with you. The Lord sent me. Shows up to Mary. Shows up to Joseph. Don't be afraid. Why? Because they're intimidating. They're large. I mean, I've read many accounts where people have seen angels. And they talk about, you know, just massive beings. I mean, muscular, big. Like, you know, I mean, there's accounts. You know, I mean, and we're going to look at this. Uh, account at some point uh, I'm pretty certain but you know the account where Elisha and his servant were surrounded by an army and he's like oh man we are done for like write your will Elisha because you're about to die like this is over and what does what does Elijah pray Lord open his eyes to see that there are more with us than there are against us and what happened they didn't they never came down why because what the servant couldn't see in that moment the enemy saw and ran they fled. See, and I, I believe that, and you know, and look, we're not trying to elevate angels beyond a biblical right place. But at the same time, they have a very specific role and function in our lives. I mean, I, I want the help of my angels. I don't want to be left to myself. Now, I know there's some natural things and even spiritually speaking that I need to do. I mean, I need to confess the word. I need to resist the devil so he will flee. But... Sometimes there are battles to be had. Now, they're not my battle to fight. They're not your battle to fight. We have angelic support, divine assistance to fight for us. That's why the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But against principalities, powers, rulers of the dark world. Well, that's not us fighting them. That's why the Bible in Ephesians says, having done all to stand, you stand Why? Because as we stand, what are we doing? We're continuing to give angels authority. They're the ones who establish God's word in our life. We don't have to do it. They will do the work. Why? Because that is their function. They are ministers to the heirs of salvation. Over in Psalms 91, here's another verse for you. Another couple verses, actually. This is a familiar passage of Scripture. For many people, I would venture to say, at least a few of you probably have this on a wall, on a plaque somewhere, or something in your house. But 
Psalms 91 verse 11 says, For God will uh, order His angels to protect you wherever you go. Other translations say that He will give them charge over you. To watch over you, to preserve you. In verse 12 it says, They will hold you up in their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Now I think it's interesting, for a long time I read that like God was the one holding me up. But it doesn't say that. It says, they. Well, who are they talking about just prior to? God will give His angels authority, charge over you, and the angels will uphold you. So even when you get to that point of saying, God, I have reached the, my end. Like, I, I, I'm at the end of myself. That's okay, because you have angels who will still uphold you. That's what it says. I'm not making this up. That's what it says. Does anybody's Bible say anything different than that? Anybody? Do all of our Bibles agree with the statement that says that they will hold us up in their hands? So that we won't even hurt our foot on a stone. We have divine assistance. We have, um, you know, uh, angels who have been dispatched on our behalf. You can say it this way, that you have an assigned, or you have angels who have been assigned to you, to your family, to your life. For what? For your blessing and for your benefit, so that God's purpose and God's will and God's desire is fulfilled in your life. That's why they've come. They're waiting for the voice of the Lord. Now, this may or may not sound strange to you, but do you know that you can actually cause angels to move? I mean, the Bible says if we resist the devil, we resist temptation, that what? The demons will flee when we resist. Well, I mean, they're spirit beings. If I can make a a demon run, I believe I can also call an angel. Now, some of you might think that's a little strange, but, but what happens? When I begin to declare the Word of God over my life, I'm not just throwing words into the atmosphere, hoping that they get to heaven somehow. There are angels who are attentive to the word and the command of the Lord waiting to bring it about in our life. That's why it's important what we say. That's why, why because our words have substance. Our words are creative. You know, I mean, I've taught this before, but in Genesis when it talks about that, um, that God created man in his image. He says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. When you go and study that out, it actually says that God made man a speaking or a creative spirit. Our words have substance. Our words have creative power. Just like God spoke and said, let there be light and there was light. Everything in all of creation God spoke into existence until He got to man. And then He made man. But we were created in the image of God as a speaking spirit that has authority in the spirit realm. Well, when we declare the word of God over our life, over our situations, even before we have problems, what happens? The angels are listening. And they're waiting and listening for that command. Why? Because God's words and God's um, promises activate angels. And when we begin to declare God's word and God's promises over our life, they are listening, waiting for that command so that they can go. They're not a butler. They're not at my beck and call. It it doesn't work like that. I'm not going to pray and say, you know, all right, angel, I don't want to get out of bed. I'm warm and cozy. Can you go and, you know, turn the heat up, the air down, like... They're not moving. But when I begin to pray according to what the Word of God says, they're activated simply by God's commands. God has revealed His purpose, His will through His Word. And when we stand upon the Word of God, we have divine assistance. 
We're not left to ourselves to figure it out. We're not left to ourselves to even just uh, to, to win or to defeat the enemy. I mean, we understand that all demonic power is a defeated foe. Jesus took complete authority and dominion over that, but we still have an enemy who is yet to have final judgment. I mean, some people have the thought that, oh, well, the, the devil's defeated. It means he can't do anything. Well, his final um, judgment has not been rendered yet. I mean, so he, he still has, I mean, the, even Jesus said, the God of this world. He still has authority in this world, but we've been redeemed. We've been called out from that authority, and now we have submitted ourselves to a new authority and a new power. But we still have to enforce the will and the purposes of God. And yes, it comes through the help of the Holy Spirit inwardly, but I also believe that it comes through angelic power and ability outwardly. How many of you understand that the the Bible talks about that we would be endued with power from the inside? Well, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I believe what we do is just... And and maybe, you know, you're like, well, it's just a minor thing. You're just kind of playing with words. But I believe sometimes we credit the Holy Spirit with what's really the work of angels. The Holy Spirit works on the inside of us. I mean, from what I can tell scripturally, the Holy Spirit works in our heart, works in our, on the inside of us. But many times I believe things that happen outside of our physical bodies and even our, our, is the work of, of the angels for us working. Why? Because they're doing their role. They're doing their function. And I believe that even as, uh, you know, and part of why, I felt stirred to begin teaching about this is because we need to rightfully understand who angels are, but also that, hey, we're not alone. God didn't only just give us the Holy Spirit. That we, You know, the Bible actually, <clears throat> and you can go read about this, it talks about that angels are ascending and descending from earth to the throne of God constantly, up and down. Why? Because they come and they do what they were told to do and they go back. They get a new assignment, they come back. They back and forth. We call it Jacob's Ladder. That's where the, the vision of that comes from. That's the angels. Because the angels don't live on earth. They come to earth, but they go back to heaven. And when we understand that we have this help, I believe that it will change the way that we pray. Why? Because when we understand that our words are creative, our words are powerful, that we'll begin to declare, Father, I thank you that I have divine assistance from angels. I thank you that they're bringing me wisdom. I thank you that they're bringing me provision. I thank you that, that they're bringing me healing. Why? Because I know that's your will in my life. And we don't have to be spooked out by it. It doesn't have to be strange or weird or, or anything odd. No, it, it's God working for us. It's, it's God's desire. It's how, it's, it's how God works and how He functions in our life. And so we don't need to elevate them, but we do need to have an understanding. And one of the things that that I believe that I've seen, even how um, the Lord works, is that when I begin to focus on a a particular area in my life, that God begins to work in that area. When I begin to give more focus or, or attention in an area of my life, whether it be healing, whether it be provision, whether it be that, you know, but I believe even as we will, uh, even as you would take this and, and just begin to pray about it and ask the Lord to help you see, I believe you'll start seeing where angels were working for you. Those little promptings and all of a sudden what seems like just a coincidence, you're like, I don't think that was a coincidence. I see where God was protecting. Well, those were your angels at work for you. And so I believe that we can, you know, and again, we're not seeking angels. You shouldn't pray to see one. If the Lord opens your eyes to see one, fine. But I'm not looking for them. But I'm not uh, denying the existence of angels either. 
And I don't have to see them to understand scripturally, hey, they're around and and they have a, a responsibility in my life. And hey, if I can pray and get and, and, and their assistance will come, then hey, I'm going to begin to speak the word of God. Father, I thank you that I have angels. I thank you that they're watching over me to keep me and protect me and watching me in all of my ways. That I'm not alone and I'm not just waiting to get picked off by the devil. No, I've got, I've got divine bodyguards with me. And I have protection around me. And it will change what you sense and what you pray and, and, and really even how you view the enemy. Because here's the thing, the Bible says about the devil, that we will all see him and people will say, is this the one that caused the nations to fear? This one? This is what everybody was so afraid of? And yet I, I believe we'll see angels and we're like, oh my gosh. This was my squad? These were the people that were on my, t- on my side? Why was I afraid? Like him and this guy. You know, and so I want you to be encouraged, even as we're studying this over these next couple weeks, to take these verses. Don't just come and listen. Take it home and begin to process these scriptures. And it will encourage your faith that God has not left you, but God has divine ability for you. To bring about God's purpose and God's will in your life. So I just encourage you over these few weeks. Just begin to pray and ask the Lord. Hey I want some insight. You know I may give you a few books here and there. I mean there's one. There's a great book I can give you. I don't, I don't know if we have it out there or not. It's called The Truth About Angels by a guy named Terry Law. It's a great book uh, you know about it. And I know that um, Dr. Summerall has some books on angels. And then uh, even um, Kenneth E. Hagen has books on angels. And there's, you know, there's lots of people uh, that, that have them. But those are a few that I can vouch for and say that they're worth reading and because uh, you don't want just somebody's opinion on the subject because you need the word of God and the wisdom of God on it but uh, just begin to ask the Lord and I believe that the Lord will give you wisdom uh, concerning angels and even their role in your life and even how to activate them and get them to work on your behalf amen